Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jazz, close the door. I left the lights off just uh, to set the mood. It's so central, and you have a haircut. I do. They got, went a little too short. Really? Yeah, yeah. It looks good. Well, thank you. That's generous. Yeah, you still you maintained your uh, your front tuft. <laughs> your, your that's what Scott Bass refers to as the chop hop. Yeah, the, the, it's it's been it's been preserved. It has. Real quick. Yeah. Did you uh, get your hair washed? No. You do, when they go for the wash, you say, no, 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 no need. Dude, no need me for and that. the chicks at Hair Safari had that conversation years ago. <laughs> That's real good. I had a real, um, real I don't know, uh, con- conflict, internal conflict for a while there. It's a cheap haircutting place, like yep. a barber shop, basically, but it's all middle-aged women. $16 haircuts. And That's a steal. Yeah. Well, I stepped up for a while. I thought, I'm a grown man. I should get, I have a healthy head of hair. I should have a stylish cut, right? Like $50 haircuts? So I went for it and yeah. I tried three different places and they all were equivalent to my $16 haircut. Yeah. And then the, but the hairstylists in those places were like, oh no, you got to come three or four times so we can like train craft it, train it, yeah. get it. I went that many times. It did nothing. The $16 haircut's just as good. How well do you tip at your $16 place? Five bucks. Oh, okay. So percentage-wise, it's great, but it's um, dollar-wise, it's not significant. Yeah. You know? oh. But at any rate, my conflict was I want my haircut. Like one or two of them are better than the other two. Ooh. But I don't feel comfortable walking in. Like I want Chantel. Yeah, but you can't book with Chantel. I could, but even that looks like I have favorites. So if I walk in and Chantel's busy and Lou is empty and Lou's like, hey, come you know, to my chair. I, can't, I feel bad going, no, no, no. I'm going to wait for Chantel because it makes Lou feel bad. So who'd you have yesterday? Chantel. It's, but she went too short. But it's a good haircut. I'm tell- nice. Chant- Chantel was a good, a good call. Thank you. Yeah. All right. I'm happy with her. She just likes to talk a lot. Yeah. That's do a you, problem for me. What do you talk about? She wants to talk about her kids. She always asks where I'm traveling or where I'm going. So I'll make a lot of small talk. Like, I'll fill in the void. But um, I'd rather there was dead silence and she just cut my hair in 10 minutes. In general, as a rule of thumb, <clears throat> do you prefer when, if somebody wants conversation, do you, pe- do you prefer to be the person who makes the conversation? Or will you just say, give as little as possible and try to string conversation out from them? Um, it goes through a pattern. I do what you just said first. I will give as little as possible, hoping they pick up the cue and shut up. 
And then lots of times they'll lull me into it. And as soon as then once I engage, I actually am comfortable, obviously, talking. And then what's weird is I actually enjoy it. Yeah. So I'm always thwarting my own interests in trying to avoid it because in the end, it turns out I'm a social being and I enjoy it. Beautiful human interaction. Yeah. I'll give you a pro tip here. Okay. Go to conversation. If you want to, if you have to, if you have to be in conversation with somebody, airplane, you know, somewhere particular, like your hairstylist is one thing, I think, because you know that it's a limited window. Chantel. Chantel, like, you know that you're going to be on that chair, what, max? 30 minutes max, yeah? Oh, 45? yeah, max. Yeah. Max. 30. So, whatever, even if you don't want to talk, it's going to end. Get on a plane, sitting next to somebody, say you got a good LA to Sydney flight, and you got 13 hours, 15 hours, what is that flight these days? 15, I don't know. 15 hours, and you know you got a talker next to you. What do you do? Headphones. Oh, Okay. You're a smart man. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say you don't have headphones and I'll play your game. If you have to get in a conversation, the easiest thing I feel is to just go straight to streaming, Netflix, whatever you're watching, and then out. Okay. Like no personal anything. Just, right. oh, yeah. What are you watching? Yeah. So airplanes are the worst the of that worst, scenario. The worst. The second worst, massage. Oh, yeah. Do not See, talk to me. But that's why I don't get massages, full stop. Really? I do not get massages 50% on that. Huh. I mean, not because I dislike talking to people, but, yeah. Massages make me real uncomfortable, I'm going to be you honest. You don't enjoy it? No. I love it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I do not like massages. How are you about physical affection in general? Yeah, fine. You're okay with touching? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not a it's not a touch thing. It's just thing with the massage. I feel it's not masculine, like inherently not masculine. Even though James Bond had plenty of massages, Mike Tyson in between rounds would be getting massages. Of course, of course. I know in my mind that it's totally fine for a man to get a massage. In my heart, though, I'm not there. I feel yeah. I feel like a big sissy, and so then I'm only considering myself a big sissy as this thing. Yeah, but going. I never viewed you as having an issue looking like a sissy i know i don't i don't you don't present as masculine i don't I <laughs> <laughs> take this in which the spirit is intended dude. yeah yeah i know I don't, that's why it's a heart thing it's like i don't care how i look as long as i feel masculine so it's not about somebody's gonna see this happen and i have no that's not my issue my issue is internal it's is the it? way i'm feeling would it matter if it's a male masseuse versus a female masseuse? Nope. Huh. I feel I don't like being pampered in general. I've never had oh, okay. a I've never had, you know, a manicure or maybe I've one time got a fluke manicure or something. But you know, I don't do that. Yeah. I mean, God bless our sponsor, manscaped.com. Manscaped. But trim, you, even that you your do g- yourself. I, but I've never even between us, I've never used it yet. <laughs> like p- pampering is not something that I do. Okay. Um, grooming, hygienic grooming does not fall into the category of pampering. See, that's a real, it's a real slippery slope right there. Do you brush your teeth? Yes. Do you floss? No. Really? No. I haven't read somewhere, I, you know when there's that study that backs up what you already believe? Yeah. There was one. Yeah, that, it's, you can find that anywhere on the internet. Exactly. There was one that came out that got some press a couple years ago that was like, flossing is completely... Uh, it's not bad, but it's been overvalued. Like it really doesn't do anything. 
I fully disagree with that. And we actually had this conversation one time. We did. And uh, I think probably right when the study came out. I was so <laughs> thrilled about been. it. <laughs> you came in with a printed copy of the study yeah. and handed it to me. Um, and then a listener chimed in who is a dentist. Yeah, and said it absolutely is helpful. Right, which he's just one dentist's opinion. But the most interesting part was, I don't know how he and I got into it, but he revealed to me that his good friend dated Amy Schumer. Oh. The comedian. I remember this conversation. Yeah. yeah and they, he was like telling me about all of the benefits that he got from hanging out with that friend where they'd go fl- private jet to wherever, you know, first class, everything. Most interesting people in the world listen to this show. Yeah, Or at truly. least people people related to the most, or friends of the most interesting people in the world. You know what? Somebody actually just DM'd me. I wasn't even going to bring it up, but um, he's like, hey, was there a show where you and Chaz were talking about is it better to look good or feel good? And which episode was that? Can you find... And I'm like, dude, I have no idea. That, that sounds like a great conversation. If it came up, it came up in... Yeah. Ja- it wasn't like scheduled. So I didn't... I'm sure I didn't include it in the website's show notes, you know? But we can have that conversation for him now instead. I mean, that's a fantastic conversation. I like it. So if you had to choose, let's say... Um, I feel like we need to put some stakes on this. Like... How... Okay, how good am I going to look? Brad Pitt. Oh, look good. So you're going to look, you are going to be the if, envy of all other males I would, and the desire of all females. I would I would take coronavirus for the rest of my life if I could look like Brad Pitt. Really? Daily coronavirus. Like, I don't know how coronavirus makes you feel. Speaking of, how worried are you about pandemics in general? Not at all. Me either. So Zero. I feel yeah. that whatever these things are, are like different versions of colds and flus. I would have a cold slash flu for the rest of my life. I could look like Brad Pitt. Wow. What about you? What's the example of a Brad, Brad Pitt, but for health? Uh, Laird Hamilton. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you so, just... And what's the opposite in terms of looks? If So I could feel like Laird, but look like... Well, let's just say you look like you. Let's say you're no, no uglier. I'm fine with that. So you would I'm take you would already. take looking like you and just feeling great. I think the stakes need to be more you, extreme. Okay, well, at what point would you... Uh, you is, look like is, Lyle Lovett. Uh, Lyle Lovett, I think, is a good-looking guy. He married Julia Roberts. I know, but <clears throat> that was the whole joke, is that he's so ugly and he married Julia Roberts. Lyle Lovett is an acquired taste, because th- that was the joke on the surface. But once you start staring at Lyle Lovett, like Julia Roberts did, and maybe it's just because Lyle Lovett looks like me, slim, tall. You guys have the same build. We do, and the same face. and the same like face shape. His face is so narrow. I've got a narrow face too. I think she fell in love with his talent. He's a talented man. That Lyle Lovett is he? I think so. I I once downloaded, bought, purchased. Do you purchase albums? By the Never. way, I see. I still do, but once, even probably one was inappropriate to do. I bought a Lyle Lovett like double album i actually buy vinyl oh okay. i hate to admit that yeah. people are gonna make fun of that but um you know what's funny my friend's son got a walkman for christmas like a cassette tape walkman was it like and a was it like a retro haha look at this this no, is the way we used was, to listen to music they were going through <clears throat> um grandparents things past who had passed away and they found a mixtape that the grandpa had made for the grandma oh and the kid was like oh i want to I would love to hear what's on this and listen to it. So the dad went and bought a brand new Walkman off Amazon. And um, so for Christmas, I bought the kid a bunch of cassette tapes. tapes. Went to the local record shop, which, by the way, I thought I was just going to be buying used tapes. They're still printing 
new tapes. That's crazy. So I like didn't, I didn't know that. Hipster artists nowadays they <clears throat> print in vinyl, cassettes, CD, and digital. Wow. Yeah. I like it. Weird, right? Yeah. But I, I don't think there's any benefit to listening to a cassette tape. Whereas vinyl, you could argue. It sounds better. Auditorily. Sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. But, uh, okay, let's say you look like, uh, who's an ugly man that we can all agree is ugly? Steve yeah. Buscemi. I've been called Steve Buscemi before. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> people are just zinging you. Yeah. Do you not realize these people were trying to insult you? Yeah. You took Lyle Lovett as a compliment? Uh, nobody's ever called. I just feel like I look like Lyle Lovett. Nobody's, nobody's ever told me that. I just feel <laughs> I feel like kinship with Lyle Lovett. But, uh, these are all insults that you interpret. Okay, let's see. Cool. Let's say you look like Steve Buscemi, but you feel great. You feel really good. You wake up in the morning with vim and vigor. You sleep eight hours, no problem. There's no toss, no turn. Man, I really want to look like Brad Pitt, but I think I got to go with option B. Wow. I think I got to go with feeling good. Looking good. The thing is, you can survive in our society. Like, you can thrive with um, ambition and vim and vigor. It's a lot harder to trade on your look or yeah to trade on your look you can if i was looking like brad pitt i would just go slouch sickly into meetings and get whatever i wanted i would be enjoy it you'd get what you wanted you just wouldn't enjoy it i'd be enjoying it terrible all the time it's okay would you you would have to develop a crazy drug habit to lift you back up yeah that'd be okay too yeah, I mean, you just go for you go for a, you be here for a for a good time, not a long time. So whatever money you're earning based on your looks, you're pumping back into your opioid addiction. Exactly. Yeah, just to just to, just to like, level out. Yeah, <laughs> just to fuzz everything away. Well, I hope that answered our listeners' um, di- you know inquiry. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the exact same conversation we had whenever that Roll was. Roll the tape. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, substance use. You're taking the month off from booze. Yeah. We've had this conversation a couple of times over the years. I've taken time off from booze a couple of times over the years. And how is uh, dry January going? And how many times have you actually um, slipped up and had a drink? I've had uh, like, what are we, 23 days? 24 Uh, days? We're on January 74th, it feels like. man, how long has January felt? It goes on forever Forever. it's really true i didn't think about it until i looked at the calendar today and just thought it has honestly felt like two years have passed in these however many days we've been in 2020 for two years yeah i mean 2020 it used to take me i think a minute to get into writing you know 2020 like i would stumble up writing checks or whatever like 2019 i'm like accidentally writing 2021 at this point that's how long it feels like Totally. We've been in 2020. Totally. I'm tired of it. I'm bored of 2020. When was the last check that you wrote? That's a good question. I was thinking that as I said that. <laughs> I was too. Uh, I write checks to the gardener. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, like twice a week I'll write a check. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's way more than the average person. I mean, I mean, once every two weeks, I should say. Sorry. Even still. Yeah. So, um, booze. Yeah. Uh, I've had eight. I've, I think I've had eight drinky days uh, in the last 24 so dry-ish. What, what I really... One third of the month. One third of the month. But one of those drinky days was I had like one beer. And, you know, so basically I haven't been uh, tipsy or even lightly buzzed all January. And has that been a benefit or it, what's... I think... Weigh it out for me. Yeah. Do you feel it, better? No. 
I feel the same. Um, I what? It took a while to get into it, like to get to dry out. I think I really needed to dry the brain out, and so that's been beneficial. I think. Like, I think I am kind of seeing things in a slightly new way. Maybe like I think it just became the the consistency of booze became such a such a thing that I was doing that I was just starting to think the same way, I think, which I I don't like that. I'm glad that you're saying this because I feel that exact way, but I've never put it into words or I've never actually um, even thought about it, taking the time. But that's exactly what happens to me as well. It just it slightly shifts your perspective. Yeah. And that shift in perspective is to me what's interesting. And it takes longer to get there. I think I lean on booze to get a shifted perspective quickly right i i got work to do like for me at least writing like i need to kind of jolt my brain a little over booze is the go-to for that i mean and i think like it is for that's why all writers are drunks i think right is like you can snap your brain into funny perspective but i think once you snap your brain into that perspective enough then that's just the main perspective and so to dry out it takes a because there's no snap back it slowly rotates somewhere else but i've enjoyed the slow rotation beautiful articulation of this thank you yeah but i think Um, and i think i'm i think i'm going to change my behaviors my relationship with booze entirely i think what's the new relationship look like well it's just not going to be drinking every day rotely it'll be moderation balance balance moderation but not balance for balance sake it'll be when there's a reason to drink i'll hammer it or if i like that's the thing me and friends have not disagreement but uh I will use booze as utility. He's always very scared of thinking about booze as utility because I think he feels that's the, your straight slip into alcoholism when booze becomes a tool. But I've always considered booze a tool. But I'm just going to be wiser when I use that tool. I'm not going to lean on that tool unnecessarily. The problem with what you said is that there's always a reason to drink. There always is. There's like where you and I, the lives that we live and where we live. There's social events seven days a week. It's funny. I'm not a social drinker, though. I could go out and be out without a drink happily. Like, I'm a, I mean, the alcoholic kind. I'm a, like, solo in my house hmm. pouring vodka into whatever Which garbage I can find. is also an occasion daily. Yeah. Like, you could also find reason to Completely. That so that's So it's being more, uh, what? Just having more willpower of, like, okay, I got to write this thing or I got to do this thing. And a booze would really kick me into doing this right now but stopping and saying nope i don't know like i'm gonna i'll hit it without and i'll save it for when i actually really do need it i don't know it's funny that you say that i don't know that willpower i don't really feel a um need to exercise willpower it's not like i have a drive to drink it just becomes routine and so then all i have to do is acknowledge that oh this is a routine that i don't want to be in and i could stop and it's not like a hard thing to stop for me whereas i think some people do have this real drive to do it well and i think some people obviously have like a chemical dependence on it right where yeah, yeah. like That's i'll get different. i'll get the initial kick of like oh when to drink be helpful for you right now yeah mostly not even feel good as much as when you know you could really use a drink right now to get over this you know mental block or mm-hmm to do this thing or whatever it is and then yeah just to pause say nope i'm gonna got to be hard yards here i'm gonna have to get over that mental block just by pushing through well the funny thing is about what you're saying um you get into this mental headspace if you're drinking every day like that's very kind of limited and narrow in range same thing if you're abstinent yeah totally Like if you completely cut it off you also but on the other end of the spectrum so it's nice to be able to like you said use it when you need it completely yeah 
to add some creativity. Um, let's talk about surfing a little bit, man. Let's try. <laughs> what, what are you What are you writing? Is going to be my first question. Are what, you surfing, and what are you writing? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm actually on. I've been meaning to talk about it. It's such a fun board. It is an album uh, twin fin. Um, not not asymmetrical. A a fish. S- symmetrical. It's not. It's like hybrid e fish kind of. It's like I'll call it a high performance fish. I suppose. Okay. Uh, it's not super fished out. It's got a wider. I don't even know how to call the shape of the tail. It's like not square. But it's, yeah, an interesting shaped tail. It's not a swallow or fishy shaped tail. It's something interesting. But it has a notch cut in it, like it, a swallow tail? It, no, it has it has notches out like this. Wings. Wings, exactly. That's Little what it hips. is. Wings, hips. Yeah. And twin, but I, you can. There's a mini little fin dragger for the third if you want, but I haven't done it. And I've been having so much fun. For the first time in my life, I will say, uh, on this board... I've been able to properly whip it off the lip, off the top. Like slide the tail a little bit or get a little release? Like really go up and have like a round, like a a snappy turn. And I'm sure it looks like absolute crap, but it feels like I've never been able to do that. I've never been able to whip it and then like, yeah, get basically get a little bit of, a little bit of release. Controlled release. Exactly. How big's the board? I do believe it is 5'11". Okay. Yeah. So a little bit shorter than your height, you would ride it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and very, very, very fun. Not too much volume, but it paddles super, super great. Like, gets into waves, no problem. And really, really fast. That speed down the line, oof. Yeah, I've been I've been loving it. I've borrowed it from Matt Parker's album to take to uh, Nicaragua. Oh, and okay. And st- still haven't given it back. Gotcha. Uh-oh. I did that with my last board that he loaned me to. It's the, I mean, that's the problem with an album board, and I hate to sound... I mean, we are sitting here in albums, so I guess it's nice to give credit where credit is due, but those boards are so... Matt's boards are so, so fun. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he has a loaner program or whatnot, but if you if you live anywhere near Southern California, so worth coming down and trying one out. Um, do you pay for surfboards? When was the last surfboard that you paid for? Last surfboard I paid for was I think a Lost, and I got like the Team Rider rate, uh, and that would have been seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm officially also, sponsored. Dude. Yeah, I'm sponsored by album. But I'm also not a uh, board freak. Like yeah. I'm not always on the next board. Like I'll I'll get a board that I like, and really ride it to the ground. Do you ever sell boards? No. Um, how many boards do you have at home? I have probably eight. Oh, nine. okay. Yeah, it's a relatively small amount. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not a I'm not a a hoarder. Right. So Derek, when Derek was out here last, he Derek's was talk- a hoarder. Well, he was advocating for a one board quiver. Oh yeah, that's true. I take it all back. Derek Derek's ridden the same board for a long time. It it didn't dawn on me till after we. Uh, ended the conversation, but I have a feeling he also only rides short boards. Yes. So that that's kind of why a one board quiver, because to him, in his mind, he's like, you know, I don't need a slight variation of my 5'11". Whereas in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I want a fish, I want a mid-length, I want a high-performance short board. Those stinking Channel Islands mid-lengths, man. Have you, have you ridden one yet? No. Have we, you? No. We have to have Devin on the show, because I'd still... 
I can't remember the last time I wrote a mid-length. I'm sure I have, for sure, like a rental board at, you know, one yeah. vacation where I forgot and that's all they had was like a 7.3 or, uh, you know, I'm sure at some point in my life I've written one. I don't have a memory of writing a mid-length. I'm still so mentally opposed to mid-lengths. I'd hate the idea of it. I feel that the second I get on one, it is me giving up. It is me cashing in and saying, well, you get older and you got power, get more weight. I mean, the next thing I know, I'm on a nine foot sup, just burning people out the back. Dude, I felt that same exact way. I understand the feeling. I know what I know what you're going through. It's a complete shift of perspective. We need to get Devin Howard back on because I really want to hammer fucking Devin Howard. He told me he's texted me a week or two ago and he said he's going to come on and. He's going to um, get together with Warshaw in advance. They're going to come up with a trivia game for you and I to play. Devin's going to come in, and he's going to give us surf trivia, like historical trivia. Fantastic. And whoever wins gets a CI mid-length. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to lose. I'm so going to lose on purpose. But that mid-length, <laughs> it looks... I'll lose no matter what. But that mid-length does. That's the problem. That's my problem. My problem is I watch Devin Howard on that mid-length on Instagram, and that's exactly how I want to feel surfing. Mm-hmm. That's also how I want to look surfing, just not on that big board. But that's the way you get to look that way, right? It's so flowy. Yep. It's so beautiful. Yep. I mean, Devin Howard is... Fucking Devin Howard is accidentally becoming my favorite surfer. Yep. Watching Devin Howard surf on Instagram. Do you watch Devin Howard surf on Instagram? I do. I feel dirty. I feel like I'm, I'm really giving a dirty porn secret here. But I will stop. Most pros... Elo, all of them, right? I'll flick through, I'll flick through. It's, it's great, it's high, it's crazy. Oh, wow, you know, whatever. But I won't stop. Devin Howard, I will stop and watch and rewatch and likely rewatch again every single one of Devin Howard's Instagram clips. So, what is the porn analogy? You just said this is like a dirty porn admission. Because it's, so, Elo is, is the um, porn star shaved plastic fake boobs. What is the equivalent? It's got to be 70s porn, I guess. Devin? Yeah, right? 70s, all natural. Right? Just traditional man and woman. Low. Yeah, traditional man and woman. Missionary no even, style. No even real funky positions. Full Some, bush? Moderate bush? I mean, normal, because none, none of it's freaky. Well, it's the 70s. Oh, well, and, but also, Devin is not surfing freakily retro. No. That's, that's, I mean, he's not... I don't consider the way Devin Howard surfs as retro at all do you no i don't at all and again that's so this is my massive malfunction going on right now yeah i hate mid-lengths the person that i love surfing the most is devin howard on a mid-length yep i'm almost suicidal here real internal conflict i mean it's so massive that i'm just getting ripped apart at the seams good i don't know what to do about this so come out you'll rise from the ashes like a phoenix dude this is what you need to go through on a mid-length yes Will I surf like Devin Howard? No. (laughs) (laughs) There's no chance. I mean, with 20 years of committing to it, maybe, but you won't, but you'll get, you'll surf better than you're surfing now. Really? Yes. hundred percent, dude. What, so what Devin is doing is writing a board the way it's meant to be written on the given waves that he's riding. Which is, I mean, see, again, the waves that I ride more often than not would be ideally suited for a mid-length. Exactly. I mean, Cardiff by the Sea is yes. basically mid-length heaven, right? It would be, yeah. But there I am, like, 
all those horrible, horrible people who have given up, who have given up out there on Midlinks. I'm one of them. They're not giving up. They're having the time of their lives, dude. Um, you'll no. come around. Don't worry. This is this is the exact thing that we're talking about with booze. This is moderation. Exactly. But see, I don't want to... This makes me want to go home and just start hammering a full bottle of vodka and wake up and do it again the next day. And again, I want a Nick Cage leaving Las Vegas now. Oh, because, it's such a good film. Oh, it's a great film. Love Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> Man, Elizabeth Shue had such a hot run. Gosh. Like, she was a number one, I feel... In sort of the indie set, yep. but Elizabeth Shue was like the best w- actress for like four years. Yep. Not best maybe acting wise, but best like the one that had everybody's hearts just pounding. Where right? is she now? That's the problem. I realize the older I get, you think back in those days, you think Elizabeth Shue, she's going to have a forever long career, right? You would think. She's... Andy Darling, she's been in great films. It'll just go and go and go and go for Elizabeth Shue. The older I get now and you realize how short people's runs are in mm-hmm. general, where like the standouts like Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio or whatever is ridiculously unheard of. To have yeah. that kind of consistent run where most people, even, I mean, who's a big star today? Who's a big male or female Ryan star? Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, I say, I'll say, is on the verge of a long run. But yeah, Ryan Gosling could theoretically never do another movie. For five years, he felt like he was everything. Yeah. But you could look back on this five years and say, oh, that was a tiny window where Ryan, this guy named Ryan Gosling mattered. Right. Right? Yeah, totally. Like, and yeah, good, 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 well, good rem- one with Ryan Gosling. Remember the other, I don't know, a few episodes ago, I brought up Farrah Fawcett on Charlie's Angels yeah. and Chevy Chase on Saturday Night Live. They each did one season. Yeah. One season, and that cements their legacy. But even even Ryan Gosling, I would say, Ryan Gosling doesn't have. If Ryan Gosling stopped acting today, would not have a cemented legacy. No, he wouldn't. Like it would the be Notebook, maybe is what people would know him for. But people would like kind of rack their brains and be, like, oh yeah, that's, I liked a couple of his movies, right? Like, but it wouldn't be like, oh man, Ryan Gosling. Like Fair Fawcett, I think of as iconic, and yes, so true. Chevy Chase also. Whereas Ryan Gosling. Again, if he stopped acting today. But just imagine. So Ryan Gosling, though, has to be looking at movies down the line that not only he's got to find like the right indie one mixed with kind of the right blockbuster, but you can't go too blockbustery because then you become, you know, Ben Affleck. Like, you can't do that. I mean, Ben Affleck at this point is a full flash in the pan, right? Yeah. Imagine. Imagine. Ben Affleck is a flash in the pan. Matt Damon's not. No. Matt Damon. Um. Elizabeth Shue. I'm going to look her up later today. Yeah, I'm I sure she's... I would love to know what she's doing. I'm sure she's doing something. I mean, that's the other... I, the maybe, other she might have just ended up in Idaho raising a family or something. I, totally. I mean, and women have it so much harder than men, like I think. Men, you can act... In terms of longevity? Yeah, you can just act old as a man, but yeah. women, so... I mean, there's even fewer older... I mean, Meryl Streep is basically it. I mean, there's one. Um, they showed a photo of her with Robert De Niro... Meryl? recently yeah like at a recent award show and then side by side with them from deer hunter i think it was when they were young she's aged more gracefully than de niro oh yeah she really hasn't aged a, i mean she's aged today but not that much and de niro just looks so old and haggard seeing de niro and pacino and uh did you see him at the table what at the I mean, sag or golden globes whatever One golden globes yeah they looked like such weird freaks all of them it was honestly like some Italian guys got put in a blender 
totally. then like other weird stuff got put in there hair product it, and more implants. it's madame tussaud versions of them but melted slightly it was so bizarre they looked so bizarre we should find yeah. a picture of their table yeah. martin scorsese i mean he looks kind of the same but yeah in that company they all just looked completely bizarre um well speaking of devin howard writing a mid-length the other person that i've been enjoying recently asher pacey on the album fish oh yeah and this is not an album advertisement even though we are recording here today but honestly whenever that footage comes up too and i guess asher's recently been writing albums and album and he's he almost exclusively rides fish and so album designed a fish for asher to ride and i watched that footage and i'm like dude that is how surfing is supposed to be yeah there's not not a moment where he's out of position or using energy in the wrong way i mean that it's that's beautiful it's really see this is just such an old man conversation that but watching that flow on the wave as opposed to watching a wave get destroyed where i guess i love watching waves get destroyed in when i'm watching ct events but outside of that like, it's not relatable that's the problem but it's like we what, watch devin and we think that we could do what devin did if we just had the right wave and the right board yeah whereas idolo i don't even no I have no delusions well and, and all you're doing like and maybe that's why idolo's instagram is not to me not interesting because i i need to see idolo versus gay medina right like right. it's apples and apples right in one heat where i'm measuring i'm not measuring myself against either of them i'm measuring them against each other where instagram when you're just looking at one surfer i feel you're always I mean, maybe not. Are you? Are you always? I feel like I'm always kind of vaguely uh, feeling. Oh, that's how you know. I like what he's doing there. I would like to try. I would, I would dream to incorporate that or whatever. Right? Like when I'm watching Instagram surfers, I'm I'm putting myself there. Yeah. I never once put myself in a CT heat. No. Totally. Like, I'm not there. Yeah. Ever. I mean, yeah. I only I only put myself in a CT heat when I'm CT heat when I'm watching when it's big. I like big chopu and watching guys paddle out who are scared. Then I put myself there thinking, oh man, that's how I would feel. And I can really relate to William Cardoso right now. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> um, all right. Well, what are, you, what are you riding? So I actually just purchased. Good to see. Good on Paid you. for. Yeah. Full, full pop? Uh, I don't think it was full pop. I didn't ask, but no, I don't think it was full pop. Was it, was it shaped for you? It was custom made. Um, I'm going to Hawaii on Monday. Oh, congrats. Thanks. So ordered it from Chris Stone, formerly Chris Gallagher mm, from oh. Santa Cruz fame, but our current U.S. Olympic yeah, yeah. Coach. Uh, head coach. Yeah. He's also a shaper and a coach. And I mean, he's obviously a coach, but he's also a shaper and um, based out of the North Shore and right, has been building. He was coached for Jordy for a lot of years, and he's built a bunch of boards for Jordy. So um, I was like, dude, I'm coming to Hawaii. Just make me a shortboard basically to ride what, around six, the north shore six two something like that i forget exactly i kind of left it up to him but yeah thruster pintail how so. how sad are you when you put your brand new board in your board bag and when it arrives the nose is broken off or something like uh, honestly it's never happened to me oh man it's my sweet album that i took to nicaragua poor matt parker doesn't know this yet but arrived in nicaragua and the nose busted right off no way it was the uh that much of the nose so i've just continued to surf it like oh, nothing's okay. wrong but it's still annoying. Look, it was such a beautiful board, and just looking down, and the nose just broken off. Was it absorbing water? Doesn't seem like it is. Huh. I should probably, I should probably <laughs> patch it. Patch wow, it up. I love how well you take care of other people. I know it's well. My my instinct, of course, is to just smear wax all over it, which I didn't. I refrained from doing that, assuming that it'll soak in probably a little water. And what he'll do is have to shave it off anyway, 
and somehow toothpick a i don't know how you repair it but not with toothpicks yeah <laughs> i mean that's how i would repair it yeah i'm sure he's gonna get some toothpick and some duct tape and i mean i'm sure they have a thick supply of duct tape here at album um well my dilemma when traveling i wouldn't be to nicaragua i don't know a lot of board manufacturers in nicaragua but hawaii it's like dude i'm gonna pay 150 bucks each way if i bring a board from here to there it's a hassle to lug I could just buy a board there. Yeah. But then I always find myself in the position of, well, I got to get it home. Yeah. So and I'm still paying half bag. of the effort. Yeah. But on American, there's no board bag fees anymore. Yeah. So I I ordered the board from Gall- from Chris and uh, then realized like, oh, shoot, I could just bring a board for free. So, oh, so your board is waiting for you there. It's waiting for me there. Okay. Well, just bring a bag and fly it home for free. Bring a bag. There you go. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um. All right, so congratulations, by the way, on your uh, Surfer's Journal article. Oh, thanks. We had Sean Parkin on the show last week. You never even mentioned that you had an article being published? Yeah, I can't. I mean, I can never remember either, to be honest. I, I wrote that thing so long ago. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not, yeah, I mean, a few months ago. I think there was, there was a lot of transition there for a minute with uh, Nathan taking over and all that. So I had, com- I had honestly completely forgotten about it until it came in the mail. And That's then funny. I was like, what? I did get a Surface Journal. And do, you then, wanna, do you want to tell listeners what the article's about a, so they can go out there and subscribe? Yeah, go subscribe to the Surface Journal. I'll give you just... To read Chaz's article. Yep, it's worth it. It's worth it alone for that article. What was it about? About the Florida surf... About surf film in general. About the death of surf film. The death? Yeah. Surf film being a dead medium. So, uh, what what's the premise of the article? Well, sur- the, the premise is that I think everybody thinks that surf film is dead and but actually like vinyl it's alive and thriving just in a in a different way making a resurgence too completely i mean exactly like vinyl i think surf film again we said it once said it a million times but the way to experience surf film is with other people is publicly and so these surf film festivals that i mean there's a Maybe I'm just more aware of them because of the Lisa film or whatever. But it feels like there's just a massive boom in festivals, surf film festivals, right? Yeah. And But it all makes perfect sense to me because that is the way to experience surf film. Like, there's no point, I don't really think, in downloading a surf film and watching it at home. Uh, unless you're a kid and, you know, going to get amped up or whatever. But... I mean, there's so much, again, said it once, said it a million times, there's so much content on Instagram and so such an inundation of surf footage that what's the point of a surf film? The point of a surf film is to watch it with other people. Yeah. I don't disagree. I mean, the Florida Surf Film Festival has really opened my eyes to that. Yep. Um, the caveat to what you're saying is documentary is worth watching at sure. home. Do, I mean, so documentary something, is something different. Totally, That's not a surf film. Totally. And there's a lot of great surf not a lot, but there are great surf-related documentaries now. Except for Kelly Slater 24-7. Except for that. <laughs> um, and then the, the there was one, I'm trying to think of the name of it, but there was one that we saw at the Florida Surf Film Festival that I think Albie Layer just posted uh, raving about on Instagram. And it was the one that has the Grateful Dead soundtrack. Yeah, yeah and Fire, it's Fire on the Mountain. Fire on the Mountain, that's yep. what it is. Rob Machado. Yes, 
Yeah. And it's all of the, like the illuminated surfing at night and illuminated snowboarding and stuff where I'm, people are wearing body suits that are illuminated. I'm going to have a Beach Grit interview with Rob on Fire in the Mountain. I, I was supposed to do it forever ago, but uh, soon. So we'll get What's some What's the premise insight. behind it? Like who funded the thing? Why did they make it? How so, does it see a return on the money? This is all very... Uh, I, kn- I can't remember exactly, but I'm just going to say what I know. Uh, which is, not that it's a secret, but I, yeah, the details are fuzzy. But it was something like the filmmaker somehow had a connection, knew somebody who knew the Grateful Dead. And the Grateful Dead has never, doesn't license their music for stuff. Uh, and, you know, it pro- would be prohibitively expensive to get a Grateful Dead song. Um, but somehow Grateful Dead liked this guy, the director, and they all liked to, I don't know, vaguely surf or snowboard, something. They were into the lifestyle, into it, and they just said, hey, why don't you do, you know, use our music and do something? And so it was like a full-on, I don't think he had to pay licensing fees or anything. And then, yeah, I can't remember. I think it's Patagonia, isn't it? I think you might be right. I think so. so there it has were a, a couple of brands that were definitely like behind yeah. the project. So I'll, I'll get the inside scoop from Rob, but I think it's I think it's as that's how it all got started. Is great somebody in the Grateful Dead or who has rights or access to the Grateful Dead's library liked this director and liked the idea of this surf snow thing, and that was it. Even if there's no licensing fees, there was fifty thousand dollars worth of art LED. direction, yeah. LED production, travel expense. Oh, for sure, it was at it, least. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is not a cheap was not a cheap film. I think when you get probably uh grateful deads because then all of a sudden i would imagine and again talk to rob but uh i would imagine that the film appeals to a grateful dead fan and so you'll get people to buy the film well outside of the action sports world i don't think you buy it i think it's available for free right now on youtube well then yeah Hmm. so how do they make money on that i mean maybe it's worth it to patagonia just like as a as a straight marketing I mean, you know, films I don't think make money anyway, so, or much. Like, I think, by and large, they're marketing marketing exercises. I mean, I guess people are making indie films and probably hoping to If you sell it, I mean, you could sell it to a streaming service and make money. But but if it's a short film, you want it. Yeah. Well, I got to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, it is a beautiful film. It's so good. I I hate the Grateful Dead and like the movie. Yeah, I don't hate... We had this long conversation yeah. in the car with Scott Hewlett yep. about The Grateful Dead. Um, I don't hate The Grateful Dead, but I don't love The Grateful Dead either. That was not a draw for me to watch the movie. But the movie, the footage is all amazing. And then also I remember there being like a bunch of animation interstitials yeah. that were also, again, like expensive. Yeah, it was, was not a cheap... It was a great film. Yep. Just Fantastic. in terms of like a piece of art as a film, it was great. Yep. Um you know what the other thing I learned about Florida, speaking of Florida Surf Film Festival, the other thing I learned about Florida this week is that it's actually the home to the greatest number of shark attacks in the world. 21 unprovoked shark attacks. There's only been 11 in Australia, 9 in Hawaii, 1 in Reunion Island. In Zero in South Africa. South Africa is the one that should be a shame. Drop the ball, dude. Shame, South Africa. Yeah. All you South Africans out pounding your chest for all their great white sharks. Shame. They're, they're, little, they're little babies. I mean, I don't know if they just had the right PR team for all those years or if there was actual attacks there, but I... I it feels like sen- it's good it's PR. It's synonymous. Yeah. Shark attacks, South Africa. They got synonymous. really, really, really lucky with the uh, McFanning thing. Totally. I mean, that was just... They had been pushing it for a long time and then yep. just like a PR just explosion right there. There. So we're on to you, South Africa. You were trying to dissuade tourist surfers from coming and surfing your point breaks 
we see through that smoke screen. All of it. Where surfers should not go is Florida, though, because you're pretty much guaranteed to get bit. Guaranteed. The percentages of people getting bit, I think it's like 50-50. If yep. you go in the water, 50% chance you're getting bit. You know, it might not be that bad, That's but you're rolling the dice every single time. Yeah. Uh, do you think... Shark's behavior is different by region. For example, Floridians are the armpit citizens of America. Is there such a thing as a great white trash shark? Yes. Great white trash shark is totally amazing. (laughs) Did you just coin that on the fly right here? I did it on the drive up. That's really good. That is really good. Well, yes. And to your point, furthermore, where are these shark attacks happening? Are they happening in Miami? No. Are they happening in Palm Beach? No. They are happening in Daytona, basically. Exactly. Smyrna. Do you like the way, speaking of real quick, uh, those guys say new, they add so many syllables to it. They say new Smyrna. Hmm. New Smyrna. What do you say? New Smyrna, which is obviously wrong. They're from there. So it must be pronounced new Smyrna. But why is it Smyrna? I have no clue. Listen to John Brooks. And or any of them say it next time. I uh, Smyrna. I can't oh, we were, we were, we were gonna go. Correctly. We were gonna go surf Smyrna. It's right. Smyrna. Right. Maybe never maybe somebody it. from Smyrna can call in and correct okay. or say it accurately. But I'm sticking with Smyrna. I mean Smyrna is how it's spelled. It's S M Y Smyr S M Y R. It's not S. Dude, it is the most stupid word ever. Smyrna. Like, it doesn't in the English language putting that many consonants jamming them together like there needs to be a vowel in there somewhere well i guess that's what y. that's what the john brooks is doing is adding uh to it summerna yeah new summerna so is there white trash great white trash um like is the, are the south african sharks a little more elevated and sophisticated you'd think you'd think they would be the worst i mean you'd think they would be afrikaner sharks but maybe they're not maybe they're not hmm. maybe they are maybe they are you know yeah drink some wine yeah, like they the seem wine. to be taking a high road this in 2019. I mean, they've seemed like they've been taking a high road for a long time. Let's yeah. be honest. When was the last attack you even heard from South Africa after the McFanning brush? I'm not sure. Yeah. And also, maybe sharks, great white, they just, that's just what they are, is great white trash. Because let's just be honest about Western Australia, too. Western Australia is not a genteel land. It no. is more or less rednecky. Uh, and that's where the attacks are there, right? Yep. Um, this is exactly what's happening. Yeah, this is this could be an evolutionary step to call the population the shallow end of the gene pool. I reckon the outlier here is Réunion, but maybe if Jeremy Flores has taught us anything, maybe Réunion is basically French trash. I mean, I love Jeremy. Nothing against him, but let's be honest. He's not a sophisticated. He's not wearing a beret, no. carrying a baguette, sipping a red wine. Yeah. Jeremy Flores is like a fighter and a whatever. So maybe. The French in Réunion are the white trash French. Wow. I cannot believe we just uncovered this right now. I mean, it's pretty amazing. The the sharks are calling our population for us. Is there any place where more or less white people are not at the pointy end of this great white trash attacks? I mean, is there... Which which countries on there were had a ethnically diverse population let's None. say I mean, reunion that's it of course but the let's just be honest about who's getting attacked it's it, always white frenchmen it's it's either yeah so it's america australia south africa and reunion and not south africa anymore 
South Africa's too sophisticated. Right. I wonder if this bodes well for South Africa in general. South Africa has become quietly super sophisticated over the last few years. Like, apartheid ended, and really, since the end of apartheid, they've spent time cultivating their artistic side, their sensitive side, their romantic side, their cultured side. It, they've developed some industry. Yep. Developing export markets. Probably have a, a booming independent film scene there. Yes, indeed. A lot of... Excellent wine-producing region. Yeah. Wow. The uh, rise of South Africa. Yeah. Directly, directly related to the fall of their shark attack. Because sharks... Or the opposite. Or the sharks... Yeah, the sharks don't attack anymore because there's no white trash to attack. Exactly. Them. Interesting. It's Very really, fascinating. It's totally true. You know, how badass are killer whales? If yeah. the great white shark is the an apex predator... And then you got an orca that comes and eats whales. Eats their I mean, livers. I'm sorry, eats sharks. Eats their livers, too. Like, goes directly so, to their liver. So, also has an opinion on which organ. Yeah, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to nibble. I'm just not going to... We're not going to get in a fight, and if you if I win, I'll eat you. No, I want your liver. That is badass. Yeah. But that is ultimate apex. I mean, that's the dang thing, though, is they call great whites, and all sharks, I do believe, or not all, probably, but at least great whites, are apex predators. How can you be an apex predator if there's a predator that's above you? Apex. You're right. There's one apex. Right. Right? There can only be one. There can't be two apexes. I feel like the great white got the apex name because he's willing to eat anything. Sure. Whereas the killer whale, a.k.a. orca. Prefers seals. And yeah, it has, it's, it's discerning. Yeah. It's going to eat seals. It's going to let other, you know, it it has pity on other animals or beings and it's going to eat sharks livers. Live and let live for that one. So for that reason alone, they gave the apex title to the great white. I feel that, uh, sympathy for orcas in captivity has gone down. Has it? I don't see people so sad anymore about it. Well, it's because there's no documentary out about it right now. <laughs> Once they make a documentary, everybody gets up in, in a tiff. Remember, tissy. It, Kelly, it used to be one of Kelly Slater's real pet pet uh, causes. Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, maybe, I guess, did they, did they let them all go? They didn't let them all go. They're still at SeaWorld, right? SeaWorld's still thriving. Yeah. I, I heard that SeaWorld not only is still thriving, SeaWorld, SeaWorld finally made money this past year. Really? Yeah. They like actually had a bumper year. I think they're not... Their uh, orcas are not performing anymore, is what okay. it is. So they're, I think they're still floating in the tank. Okay. But they're not like uh, forced into song and dance. Right. Probably a good thing. I mean, I don't know. Who's to say that orca didn't like it? I mean, everybody pointed at the fin and said, look at how saggy the fin is. That's sad. But what if the orcas are depressed now because they're not show tunes anymore? I think the fact that they ate a couple of trainers was an indicator that they weren't thrilled with the exchange. What if they, I mean, what if they're musical theater orcas? What if that's, and that was part of the theater. You got to eat a couple, you know, you have a, your divas in musical theater. You have diva behavior, you know, oh, chomp, chomp, chomp. But then you, and then all of a sudden they took away your stinking stage. That's true. And I guarantee there is a hierarchy at SeaWorld where they're looking over at the seals that are performing it not the seal yeah the seals or walruses or whatever that have the kids show exactly where they're on stage like balancing a ball those are the like the ones that get laughed at that's the what orcas I'm saying. had the pinnacle the apex position in that musical theater that's what i'm saying yeah speaking You're of right. mu- okay speaking of musical theater you know 
a dream that I've had for a couple years? Uh, falling off a cliff. That. This this would be that. Uh, turning Welcome to Paradise, Now Go to Hell into a musical, a full musical production. Where you have an Eddie Rothman dancing and slapping a Graham Stapleberg. You have Kalel oh, and John John. gosh. Isn't it good? I would totally come. It's good, yeah? Yeah. If anybody who's listening out there knows anything about musical theater, contact me. Let's yeah. let's collaborate. We're on, not in the like the reality is this needs to be in New York or yeah, yeah. London. The, uh, we off, can't do this in San Diego. No, 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 no. Nobody'll appreciate it. No, it'll be off broad like either off Broadway or London's East or West or whichever the end for theater is. No, it has to be like a full on musical production. Imagine Eddie Rothman singing. Oh my gosh. I want to slap the fool. Like it'd be really <laughs> It would be really, really good, no? Dude, who would play him? I see Jason Alexander is trying out for the part. <laughs> see, I don't know enough about about current musical theater, but Nor there's, there's got to be some like kind of the guy who played the Beast, maybe in Beauty and the Beast, could probably pull an Eddie. I don't know who played him. I don't either. But if you can play the Beast in Beauty and the Beast, I would imagine you could play Eddie Rothman. What was that? What's the guy's name uh, who played the Beast in something? Oh, that guy. He, he was, was from he was, Ron they, Perlman. Ron Perlman, yeah. Ron Perlman could be really good. Eddie Rothman. Or Jeff Garland. Yes. Could see? even pull it off. Dude, did you see Curb Your Enthusiasm yes. this week? <laughs> With the MAGA hat and they thought he was Weinstein? Oh, God, it was so good. Um, yeah, welcome, welcome to Paradise the Musical. This is a do great you, dream. Do you? Yeah. I support it. I'm I just don't know it. how to realize it. I'll get Manscaped to uh, throw, sponsor throw it. it. I've even literally started writing the first, the first part, like how it opens. This is so good. Yeah, I think so too. Um, speaking of dreams, nightmares. Uh, I saw your article about the kid who got speared by the flying oh, needlefish. Man. How, how crazy is that image? Oof, went through the back of his skull. Yeah. So for people listening, this was he was sitting in the water, right? He was sitting in the lineup surfing. He wasn't surfing, actually. Oh, he was. He was fishing with his family. Oh, okay. I, I said he was in the surf, as in, I mean, you know, it's the surf. Yeah, it wasn't really surf related, but yeah, yeah. Indonesia, close enough. In yeah. a boat, yeah. fishing. I've been in boats, and maybe even in the actual water when those needlefish are jumping, like giant schools of them. And this is exactly what happened. And the thing speared him through the throat. It's crazy town. Yeah. At 60, I think they said it was going, or they go 60 kilometers an hour. And just razor sharp beak right into the kid's neck. Through his neck. Brutal. Absolutely. That that image was haunting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have re- recurring dreams? No. Not reoccurring, but recurring? Nope. Do you? I do. What's, what's your recurring dream? That's why I asked you about falling off a cliff. I've had one in the last couple of weeks, driving my car off, not intentionally, but like losing control around a turn that's too fast on a mountain road and going off the edge. Have you Googled it? Yeah. It claims that I um, am having a hard time letting go of control in my life. Is it? Is it, it probably has something directly to do with falling in love. I think it guys. might. Yeah. I think it might. For sure. Yeah. Wow. Letting Isn't that... I mean, I um, dreams have to have meaning, of, you know, like they are bubbling up from your subconscious. Completely. I just don't think that the meaning is necessarily um, super transparent. Like you can't write a book and say every time you dream of oh, your no. teeth falling out, yeah. it means this. Yeah. I think there's a lot to of interpretation. Sure. 
but I think gray area for the interpretation. If you're dreaming that and you are something is directly happening related to losing control, yeah. then I think it's not that hard to put to connect those dots, as it were. I know. Do you is it terrifying? Like do you wake up in a full full sweat? No. Is it not like, oh cool, all. I crashed my car again? Like it's, do you do you live through it? It's or? there's anxiety. Yeah. But there isn't terror. Okay. So yeah. you like see the cliff come and you're like, oh So the first one was um approaching a turn too fast sliding off of the road and like bursting through the guardrail and it was a free fall and so in the free fall i had a lot of time to process what do i do here do i stay in the car will that provide more padding and protection Hmm. do i open the door and jump out and like try to land in a tree will that soften the fall like is there any way you know and the dream never i never made impact in the dream i must have just woken up the second one I had, which was a few nights ago, I went slid off the road, but it wasn't a free fall. It was then like down a hillside where the I'm still on terra firma, but like bouncing. The car's bouncing. I'm losing control. I have a little bit of traction. The wheel, I can't really guide the process with the wheel. So in one scenario, as it relates to my real life, it was an understanding of like, oh, I'm in free fall space here with no control. In this new one, I'm you wondering. Have, you have slight control. I'm wondering if maybe like where I'm at in the relationship now, like I'm trying to wrench control back. Your wheels are biting. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm analyzing it. Do you, uh, but you don't feel out of control in your relationship, do you? No, but it's a weird dynamic where um, she's a type A and I'm used, I'm used to kind of like just taking charge and leading and like plan the vacation, cook, you know, I'm fine with whatever she's also willing to do all of those things and so i don't want to step on her toes or maybe i am stepping on her has there been some friction there no she's going to hawaii with you no yeah first vacation yeah where where are you staying airbnbs okay no pink palace what is that (sighs) you never stayed at the pink palace are you talking in waikiki yeah that royal hawaiian or whatever i've never stayed there oh it's phenomenal is it really oh man i've stayed there a few times yeah you can get one of the they have a new tower which is not as or not cool at all in fact it's just like sheratini but if you stay in the old building you have to ask for it but you stay in the old one and it is epic it's like i can't remember what i must have been loaded or something i mean as in had money for some reason but i got the like one of the old rooms that had i felt like it was two bedrooms even with a large living room and huge high ceilings i mean it's like classic hawaii hawaiiana like early whenever it was built you know epic wow yep all right so should i do one night there you should just for the if you can get into the old old building yes okay i'll look into it yeah totally Uh, worth it um do you think we should cut to commercial break real quick i'm so excited pay some bills and then come back let's do it all right Hiring for a small business is critical. It's imperative that you find a highly qualified professional to treat and grow your business with the same care and detail that you do. LinkedIn Jobs will be your next big unlock. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team fast and for free. Everybody is already on LinkedIn with their resume and their references. So the fact that LinkedIn built a hiring platform to connect the dots between everything is simple genius. It's way more sophisticated than a job board. 
It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set, desire, ambition, all in an effort to help us advance our position. And it's easy to use and intuitive. So effective that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Fast hiring solutions means achieving your goals in record time with rapid growth in 2024. LinkedIn Jobs will even help you write the job descriptions and give you tools and prompts to help you interview your candidate like a pro. LinkedIn.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. And you can let the world's largest social network of business professionals work to connect you with the ideal candidate to help you grow your business. That is LinkedIn.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Chaz, welcome back to the show. That's exactly, you know, I really am going to be honest with you. I have not started preparing my taxes yet. And so <laughs> that is going to help me out. Perfect. Yeah. I'm glad that we could uh, both... Line our pockets and simultaneously uh, do some taxes. Provide a service for you and yep. our listeners. Yep. Um, we are not sponsorless, but we're entering a sponsorless era of surfing, where all these surfers obviously are being let go from teams. It's. I've been joking about the surf industry apocalypse for a long time. Yeah. It is literally not just here. It's almost over. Like the, the it's scorched earth, where. God bless all of the Rorks and all of the Dark Seas. This all of the all of the all of them. Everybody who's alive, God bless them. But none of these brands are ever going to like do what those other big brands did. They don't want to. No, of course not. I mean, I it's don't a, think they it's want a, to. Of course, it was a silly model, but it was sure fun to watch that model, right? Yeah. And it must have been fun if you were a up-and-coming pro surfer there it will be no more surf sponsorships moving forward i mean or minimal i think it's proven to be non-equitable yeah it's just we don't need to pay this athlete this much money to use in our advertising that and who like those on tour will continue to make between i'll say between five hundred thousand and Three point something at the top end million a year, uh, but that's it. Outside I don't of think that, they will. That's way too much money. Well, the, well, how much do they make purely from 
let's say, especially once they coal, because the coal is coming. Don't you think the coal is coming yes. of surfers on tour? Yes. What does it get cold down to again? I always forget. What is the what is the number that makes sense? I think it would be twenty three. No, I think that's even too much. So on the women's tour, there's seventeen, and I think that seems about right. Okay, maybe fifteen. So seventeen, and so those seventeen surfers, I think they won't lower the prize purse. So those seventeen surfers will be, even if you lose and drop off, you can do a year of surfing on tour and make, to, you know, two hundred two hundred thousand dollars. So currently, last place is eight thousand dollars. Yeah. So if you do 11 events, you'll get $88,000, but you also have to pay your travel out of that. That's current, but I'm saying the coal. So, so now if, we have so we now have 17. So Half the number of surfers splitting the same amount of money. Yep. So it would be 16000 for last place. Precisely, which was so over 11, is it 11 yeah. stops? So 11 stops, what is it? 172000 Exactly. So that's what it's going to be. Add in, those guys will also be sponsored, you know. Not really, though. They'll be sponsored. The top three, or the top five maybe will have sponsorships. They'll have big sponsorships. I'll say though that guy down below, they'll have your vitamin water sponsorship that's going to pay you five grand, right? Like, So you're going to take your 172 for the year. You're going to kick it up to 250. That's what I'm saying. Is so Okay. Bottom level pro will make 250 on tour. Other than that, unless you are like have some Jamie O'Brien basically who has who can you know earn money off of views off of his YouTube channel. If you're not doing that, you know maybe maybe you're gonna have like a couple guys with thirty thousand dollars sponsorships done. So my question to you is: Is this sponsorless era? Will it be a net? Will it? Is it a better thing for surfing? I don't think so, to be honest. I think it was guys who were flush-ish with more money were able to do things that were more more entertaining. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say that like the both the quality and diversity of clips is gonna go is gonna drop. Maybe what we see will be better, but there won't be nearly as much. And I guess it could be argued that it reached saturation forever ago. And we don't need any more of those kinds of clips from you know of b-ish grade clips from indonesia uh um but i don't know just I, I think that i think we will mourn that this era of surfing even though this feels better but i look at snowboarding i don't think snowboarding has become more interesting in the absolute demolition of the snowboard industry really yeah see i have the exact opposite opinion i think it absolutely gets better i think um when people have nothing and they're just doing something for the sheer love of it that's when you see these real distinct personalities emerge when you add money and you have to then um i don't know placate and just oblige certain sponsor obligations and everybody has an opinion and the art is by a committee at that point I think everything becomes homogenized, and that's where we've been for the last decade. I hear you. So that the Chloe Andino looks like Felipe Toledo, looks like Julian Wilson. You know, they're all just representing a different region, but they're all kind of surfing the same way and doing the same thing. I want to get back to the era where there was Mickey Dora basically um, kind of pulling scams on people to fund his travel and then, you know, hustling people on the tennis court in France so that he could go out and have dinner that night and buy some Bordeaux. And I think that's what the new world order looks like is you get these really distinct 
styles of surfing and board riding that'll develop and everybody looks different. And the only way that your clips get seen is if you have your local buddy who's also filming for free because he loves filmmaking. That's true. That's true. I think that's what the new world looks like and I'm down with it. Uh, I, do, I don't care if they don't make money. Are you? Uh, yeah, obviously. I don't care about that. Um, I just think I feel in a humorous kind of way i feel lucky to have lived through yeah the the boom and bust of surfing but we it is busted it is over i mean i, oh, yeah. I don't want to sound overly alarmist but it i look at the landscape now even the well, fact that i mean i feel that it it all ended more or less overnight i honestly feel you look at the world surf league again it's its website is has been totally static since the end of there's nothing new happening like there used to be since we, you know, Beach Grid, I think, is coming up on seven years old now. In these seven years, uh, there was never more than two days when there was not one piece of surf news. There legitimately, I mean, the shark thing is funny and the needle, needle fish through the neck is interesting and all this. But it's also out of pure necessity. There's no more surf news. There is no more surf news. Without the WSL is the whipping boy and generating a bunch of kind of and if they're not gonna if they're if it's off and there's no tour happening i mean you know i guess what they're building a big wave park in in uh virginia or something right, right? i didn't write about that but who cares that's boring right like there, there's just nothing it's it's crickets out there it totally. is crickets yeah um i think that this new world order like I think it's actually much a health. I think it's a healthier place to be where we are taking money. We as content producers, media producers are taking money from outside of the surf industry. Like we're getting paid by manscaped.com or whatever the ads are that run on beach grit, which by the way, I was angry at the automatic video playing on the bottom right of the screen for a period of time. Yeah, I'll tell you when I'm happy about it is when it is the board an, review anonymous surfer yeah the anonymous surfer running because otherwise you don't see it well i stab also does their board reviews with mikey ciamarella i don't really want to watch five minutes of the board review with him talking about it i kind of just want to i want to see how the board's working and how he's surfing on it but if it requires a dedicated five minutes for me I'm not necessarily, unless there's nothing else going on, I'm not going to watch that five minutes. But when Beach Grit auto plays it on the bottom right, so I'm scanning the article and doing whatever else I'm doing, but also out of my periphery, watching the anonymous surfer surf the board, it solves the problem. It's kind of a perfect thing. It's funny. I've heard from multiple different people that they either didn't pay attention or whatever to the, like our anonymous surfer videos are legitimately good, right? They're very good. I, I feel the that surfing, he surfs so good. He surfs so good and he surfs interestingly on the boards and you can actually see how the board is performing. I think like Mikey C who wants to watch Mikey C surf, like which I understand Mikey C Morella's, uh, his is a different thing, right? His is like, Okay, you got to dedicate, like you said, you got to de- dedicate your time. You have to hear what he's saying about the board. And if you care enough about all that stuff, then great. Ours, we went a different direction, I think, where ours are honestly entertaining. Uh, and then also, as a bonus, you get to learn something about a board. And if you really want to learn about the board, then you go read Long Toms. So the the description of the board is in a written piece, whereas yeah. the, the clip is just a fun three-minute clip. Yeah. I thought that I wanted all the information about the board and that I care about which fins with which. But to be honest, I think I prefer it in just this peripheral view. Well, and and again, 
Mike Cimarella, God bless him, but I, I really don't care what a four-foot person says about a surfboard. I mean, Mikey C is so abnormally short uh, that his experience on anything is going to be absolutely wacky. Like, if Mikey was... You're short-shaming Mikey C? Completely. Because he's short, his opinion doesn't matter. Mikey C should do board reviews for people under five feet tall. And then it would be, like, then they could, you know talk about something like are you kidding me like the sweet spot of a board and all that is so different if you're three feet eight i know but you scale it up you just scale everything you, up or down you don't his I've mid learned, length is six six one i've learned if there's one thing i've learned in this life in this surfing life there's no such thing as scale you cannot take a see a little three foot kid ripping or mikey c who's two six ripping uh, and think, oh, I'm going to take exactly what he did and put it to my dimensions. It doesn't work. Things are built for, I feel in surf, things are built like the window where something works is not very much outside of what it was created for. Like you cannot scale it up. I bet you Mikey C is closer in stature to more world champs than you are. Yeah, exactly. That's why I don't, I wouldn't also care what, uh, Idolo is riding or what anybody but Mikey C is honestly Idolo is short Mikey C would come up to Idolo's uh, belly button Slater short Mikey C would honestly if put next to Slater Mikey C would come up to Slater's waist Mikey uh, C is a honest to goodness midget how how uh, how tall is anonymous surfer anonymous surfer I think is is uh, six even okay 5'11", maybe. He represents the average man. The uh, absolute average man. That's why it's fun to watch, too, is because, yeah, he's... So maybe Mikey C, maybe Stab, in their infinite wisdom, recognizes that China is the new emerging world order. Could be. And they're pandering to the Chinese average height. Could be. And also knowing, because Mikey C is still half of a China person, and so, but maybe... Betting that coronavirus is going to knock down the height by another three feet of your average Chinaman, there's Mikey C. And he's studying Mandarin right now. Yep. He's taking Mandarin lessons on Duolingo. He's smart kid. Yeah. Oh, du- Duolingo might have been our uh, our advertisement. It could have been. Yeah. I want to. I wouldn't be mad if it was. It's oh. a fantastic product. Do you? Yeah, Mikey C. But yeah, uh, yeah. The the autoplay. All to say, though, I've heard from multiple people say that they're really, really fun. That they it turns all, out just, to be. I hated them. They'll for a accidentally there. get caught into it. Yeah, hated but, it for a minute. But back to your point, though, of the initial point of outside sponsors. That's how Beach Crit, and I know that people get annoyed and all of that, and you know, pop up ads and da da da. And we're always trying to fix it, and making it you know as unobtrusive and whatever as possible. But that's how we can say whatever we want to say, right? Exactly. Is yeah. Because the there's thing. we're not. You know, and and the surf companies, which is what I always dreamed at the start, the surf companies who advertise on Beach Grit think Beach Grit is funny, right? Yeah. And so Visla, like they're the ones, Billabong. I mean, they're honestly the ones with a sense of humor. And I feel that if somebody advertises on Beach Grit, they're a good company because purely because they're not taking all any of this too crazily seriously, and also understand that it's just it's all fun. Yeah. Well, uh, Chaz, related to this exact topic, how would you feel about a 7,000 RPM motor near your nuts? 
Do you understand that thing? Wait, wait. Are you talking about the same thing as me? The surf fin? No. Oh, what are you talking it's about? not what I'm talking about. Oh. I'm talking about the 7,000 RPM motor with uh, quiet stroke technology. How do you feel about a 90-minute battery life, Chaz? Is this the, you're talking about the surf fin. Nope. How do you feel about an LED light that illuminates your grooming area so that you don't have to wear a headlamp anymore? Do I get... This is the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. To be honest with you, this is what I was waiting for. I only have not Manscaped yet because I did not have the 3.0. This is brand new, breaking news, 3.0. It is so much better than the Surf Fin. It is. It is far superior. It is a tighter, it'll provide a tighter shave than the Surf Fin would. Oh, man. So this is the public service announcement right now. You know, like with the putting your fins on, putting your surfboard on your car upside down and backwards was my PSA last week. Yep. This week, it is to let people know that after 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has released the third generation trimmer. The Lawnmower 3.0 features cutting edge ceramic blades to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Did the 2.0 have a charging dock? Yeah. It did? Yep. This one's a UPS powered charging dock. The charging. I'm sorry, USB. The charging dock uh, is a revelation. Isn't it? I mean. I don't know what we did before charging docks. I mean, I don't have one for my phone, but for my lawnmower, yep. just to drop it into the holder yep. and have the holder charge it, yep. not to have to plug it in, a modern and, miracle. And it runs with USB, so it's like you could just use your iPhone cube to plug in the USB from that. So anyways, listeners, I know you want one. Manscaped.com. Our promo code is the word SURFING. You get 20% off and free shipping. So the replaceable blades that you had for your 2.0 also work for the 3.0. I'm so 90 minute battery this. life, 7,000 RPMs, LED light that illuminates the grooming area. Did the, the, the 2.0 had no LED light. Nope, it didn't. This is an upgrade. I feel that you could take, I feel that Manscaped, the Lawnmower 3.0, would do very well at, with the LED light at um, Burning Man. You could go shave. With like your LED. That's a place where you want to implement some hygiene. I would imagine. I would imagine. I would imagine you're hot out there probably. Filthy. Yeah, filthy. Just you could shave off all your dirt. Do you have any interest in ever going to Burning Man? The wife went, last year actually went with Cole Christensen of all people. (laughs) Or Cole Christensen was in her camp. No way. Yeah. That's random. Yeah, totally random. I mean, I've never met Cole Christensen, but... Um, she really liked it, and so I'll I'll end up having to do it. Which is that that would be your love hurts question for the day. Love hurts. Brought to you by Manscaped. Your girlfriend says, David Lee, let's go to Burning Man. The whole thing, yeah. RV camp, the eighteen thousand dollar tickets, whatever it is. Is that how much they are? It's, it's not that much. It was really expensive. I didn't know that. That's yeah. It's very expensive. Okay. Uh, whole nine though. Like she is a burner. She, you didn't know this. She kept it kind of down low. Yep. But is a full-on burner. Loves it. Lives for it. Doesn't live for it like she clearly kept it a secret up till now. Yep. So it's not like... But once a year. But once a year, she's all in. And then she, after, just like you, when you went to summer camp. Did you ever go to summer camp as a kid? A little bit, yeah. And you like 
you know, stay and write letters or whatever afterwards. And it always tapers off after like three months. But like, so it's that every year for, you know, she has the initial buildup. So it's basically three months of her life is more or less revolves around Burning Man. You plowing left or right? I'm plowing right. You're in. in. Do you have an interest to go? Uh, Not personally, but I love the fact that she has an interest. And that is what the relationship is about for me is I want a partner who is passionate and driven about things that she can infuse into my life. Okay. And I'm passionate and driven about certain things. And so let's go to Hawaii together and we'll show you this little surf world, this weird little surf world. And you then take me to Burning Man and we'll do your little thing. It just and I'm going to do the drugs. I'm going to get naked. All of it. All of it. That entire, entire experience. I want the experience. full experience. Okay. Dude. I'm all in. Plow right hard. Does uh does your girlfriend surf at all? No. So will she, will you guys paddle out at Waikiki? Yeah. She said she wants to do a surf lesson. Ooh. Uh, are you going to give her that surf lesson? I'm a terrible teacher. So maybe not. Yeah. When was the last time we surfed Queens? Bikes last october yeah i love i love me a little queens on a 15 foot board dude there's so, it's pretty even, fun even there's good shortboard waves yeah. up and down around there you know like there's good waves all over the place but even it's just fun. even grabbing a board like one of the yeah eight, 18 foot monsters from the beach there totally what are they it's like 30 bucks or whatever for is it a, something i can't remember what it is for an hour but just even paddling out and catching like the way those waves roll so slowly there's something very very pleasing about them it's about it makes surfing, surfing easy. Yeah, like it's the easiest waves in the world to surf, and they're warm. Yeah. it's just perfectly idyllic. Yep. Um, by the way, you mentioned Jamie O'Brien earlier. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing that I've read on Instagram in the last couple of weeks was Derek Riley's caption for Jamie O'Brien getting barreled. Well, what was it? <laughs> Did you no. not read it? No. I, oh, it's or, killing me I've right read. now because I can't actually. Was it on Beach Grits Instagram? I thought so, but now I'm on Beach Grits Instagram and I don't see it. Something about Derek. him being a, a Zumba and having the thighs of a Zumba instructor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Derek's, Derek's uh, descriptives of Jamie O'Brien. I mean, you could do a whole book at some point on Derek describes Jamie O'Brien. It is so funny. It's always red hair, the or hair, the color of whatever. Like Derek's descriptions of Jamie are laugh out loud funny every was, single time. It truly was. Yeah. It truly was laugh out loud funny. And I'm looking now and I can't find it. So I'm wondering if it got deleted for some reason. Uh, well, if he we'll, deleted it. Well, oh, okay. Jamie O'Brien is six Jamie O'Brien is six feet tall with a juicy rear and the lean muscles of a Zumba instructor. And at Pipe, he has a radium-worthy glow even Marie Curie would admire. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Art. Yeah. Um, Well, quick side note. Did you see the uh, Aaron Hernandez doc? I'm in the middle of it right now. Are you? Yeah. Did you? Yeah, I finished it. Were you in? How far are you into it? It's three episodes, hour long each. A middle episode two. Oh, okay. Right in the middle. Yeah. Like directly middle. What do you think? The first uh, episode, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're like really dragging this out. I felt, you know, because I just thought I, I, I know the story. You know, I'm a sports fan. So read ESPN and all this. And, you know, had read about Aaron Hernandez. So I kind of followed along as it was happening. And I felt that they were... Um, what just beleaguering things, just making it way more 
crazy. But then, no, mid-season or mid-episode two, I totally forgot a bunch of it. I forgot, yeah. like, that he was gay and all that stuff. And, was he, though? I mean, he wasn't, he wouldn't have defined himself, but he had homosexual experiences. I'm, I'm not even convinced by that because it's mm-hmm. one friend from high school who's claiming that thing. But it was also in, in jail. There was a guy in jail who, who claimed to be lovers. Like, there was a... Both of those things are kind of, like, we could, an argument could be made that the guy from high school is completely making up the story. Could be, but I think that I think that there's enough uh, like evidence where, of course, he will, like that's the thing is in our day and age, everything is defined, right? And I'm not on the slippery slope here, but you're either gay or you're not. But I think through long times in history, you know, like or in Egypt or whatever, like a lot of times in Egypt, uh, younger men will experiment with each other just because there's no women around. Yeah, none of them can, or I'm sure maybe some of them do, but. The vast majority don't consider themselves gay. They're right. just having homosexual experiences, I guess. Not that I'm, you know, saying that I want to do that. But also, Aaron Hernandez, I think there's enough evidence that he did participate in homosexual experiences. Also, experiences? Experiences? Yeah. Also, this real fine line, like super jock culture. I think it's super jock football culture where you're all showering together and all that, which they were essentially doing, right? That that guy they interview on the show was his, the quarterback of his team or whatever. So, you know, where it's a, a very fine line is what I'll say. But anyway, fascinating. Completely it, fascinating. It really is fascinating. Um, just a quick side note. That guy didn't seem credible to me. And it's started with him going, yeah, as soon as I met Aaron, I, I thought, oh, this is my twin. Yeah. You look at Aaron. Aaron's this hulking, good-looking, yeah. uber-talented guy. And then the guy that said that. He's like a little wormy guy. A little wormy. You're like, yeah, you wish you were his Come. twin. There's no So there's already this thing of him deifying like, or Aaron. Like a, a single white female sort of, kind di- of dynamic. So you could see Aaron then you know, is now no longer alive to speak out on this. And now him going, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only were we best friends, we we're also gay lovers, you know. But I, I think, I think there is though enough evidence where Aaron Hernandez Maybe, yeah. par- participated in in extracurricular play. Yeah. Well, it is a very, very fascinating story. Fascinating. I recommend the documentary for anybody who wants to see it. What, but, do, what do you put it on? Do you put Aaron Hernandez's slide? Do you blame football? I mean, do you just no. think CET, CET, chronic CTE, CTE, chronic. I don't know. Whatever. CTE, I think, is what... But I don't blame that. I think that is a very real thing, and I think um, it needs to be studied a lot more, and there needs to be... It just needs to be tracked and mitigated against and all that sort of stuff. Do you think Aaron Hernandez is just like basically a serial killer accidentally in a good-looking football player body? Yeah, unfortunately. I think his his traumatic childhood upbringing predisposed him to um, become sociopathic i mean he's just he was just a sociopath he just didn't he just didn't connect his actions to any kind of uh and he also had cte as a result of all the head trauma from football but i don't think that that was the reason that he murdered people i think that the murdering took place before the cte and would have taken place despite him dancing uh at the gas station right before he murders odin lloyd is such creepy footage. I know. He just just dance and well, he's on drugs. Yeah, but he was just high. I mean, yeah. I guess that's on drugs. But <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> high on the drugs, but not high on the experience of doing. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but it's not like he, I don't think he was on 
he was just was just smoking weed, right? No. Oh, he was on other stuff. Yeah, I think they even said what he was on. I forget okay. what it was, but he he did everything. You know, he was just doing anything and everything. So that part, so part of what's interesting to me, I could kind of define it in three ways. Um, one of them is the child up, the childhood kind of upbringing and the trauma of the dad being a really, really just an asshole, basically. The mom. The mom then marrying the niece's husband, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. Like seeing how the ch- the parents horrible parenting affects a child is interesting to me the other detail that's interesting to me is having everything and throwing it all away like so having he's 22 years old he has great uh genetics great looks unbelievable talent and 40 million dollar a year contract to play football and you're 22 or 23 i think at the time when he signed that contract and despite that, you're going to go clubbing on the weekends and murder people? Yeah. It's crazy. Just for fun. Without even thinking. I mean, just to, well, just to think that you're not going to get caught, too. To honestly roll down your window and just blast into somebody's car and kill them both and just drive off. For, for bumping into each other at a club. Yeah, That's what that murder drink. was about. Spilling a drink. Right. Crazy You're going to throw away your contract. But he must not that. have been. He must, I mean, that's he's just a sociopath. Like, right. he wasn't thinking about throwing stuff away. The, one of the more, I mean, again, I'm only midway, but the... Uh, when he got to his cell and he was so happy with it, remember what he's talking yeah. on the phone early? Like he's describing his cell and he's so happy to have his cell, like where it was all maybe just got. I mean, he was just obviously lost his mind, but yeah, feeling contained and comfortable, like he had everything he needed. I think that was reflective of the fact that life in the real world is so chaotic, and I've created all of this stuff that might come back and bite me. That now you realize all I need is a bed and food and these four walls. Yep. This actually feels safe to me. Yeah. This is now much healthier environment for me than the outside chaos that I've created for myself. Crazy town though. Such it's a really, crazy story. Yeah. And just sad, like to see somebody with everything and, but how much havoc they create in other people's lives, you know, like all these people have their hopes pinned on this guy who's going to come from out of the depravity of this horrible parenting situation and then um, do good and we can kind of hitch our wagon to him and like if he's making 40 mil he could just give me one mil yeah. and it'll radically change my life you know and I can ride those coattails but instead he creates tons of havoc and destruction and just makes kit has a bunch of babies has you know like just pure chaos wake of havoc for all these other people who is professional surfing's Aaron Hernandez can't wait to see if you had to if you had to well one i don't right now no who's because he, that pins murder on people sure, and sure. Stuff. Well, which, but who's gonna leave awake which ct surfer destruction which ct surfer do you think could drive up to somebody at a stoplight and murder them none you don't <laughs> think any of them none come on one of them none of them have murder in there you don't think none of well, them Well, dude, do. who? You go, then. Mm, I, I'm fine to say who's going to leave a wake of destruction, but I'm not fine saying who's, who's going to murder, murder somebody. Okay, let's go through Let's go through real quick. Uh, we got Idolo's not going to murder. Gabe, I think, is too uh, calculating to murder somebody. Too easy. Uh, maybe Kolohe Andino. Wow. Just going to murder. No, Kolohe's too nice. Yeah, they're all, all surfers are all too. This crop of professional surfers are all too gentle. There's not a there's not a bad well, boy. Well, the sponsorless on tour. era that we're entering into, there's going to be some depravity because they're going to be struggling to get. 
But there's not going to be enough money. Like, Aaron Hernandez, probably, if he didn't go play pro ball, maybe he would have murdered somebody, but he would have just been another small-time thug who murdered somebody. Right. Like, so you have to have some kind of... There has to be, like, excess for it to really spin that way. And if there's no excess in surfing anymore, then it's just going to be a bunch of small-time thugs. I think you just need a really terrible childhood. But did you see Idolo claiming that we're not bums anymore? No, I it, didn't see that. It made uh, it was a made major news. I mean, that's how little surf news there is. This got picked up by Reuters, New York Times, everybody. Was Idolo said just he was surfing in Brazil, whatever, and somebody interviewed him. You know, after he got done, and he just said, "Oh, he's so excited for surfing to be in the Olympics because you know this is legit and surfing is legitimate, and finally it can shed its image of just a bunch of bums." Right. So yeah. Well. Uh, we're being bums again. I think though. we're gonna drag it back down into the bum moniker without sponsors. Yep. So I'm fine with that. Um, all right, Chaz, should we close out with Barrel or Not? Let's do it. I'm doing a shark edition today. It's exciting. I know. Right in my it wheelhouse. <laughs> all right, uh, Barrel or Nah, Baby Shark, the song. Do do do, Baby Shark. Uh, I'll say Baby Shark. Baby Shark. Of course, there's. How many of those? How many of those do we get per year of something that is like Gangnam Style or whatever? Like the thing not, that really takes off. You can't even. It's not per year. There's one every five years. Really? Well, yeah. Gang, Gangnam Style. Yeah, you're right. Was probably the most recent. Prior to that, the Macarena. Yeah. Okay. You're so right. maybe once a decade, even we get a we get one of those. An so, anthem of the people. Baby Shark is one of those. I would I would be anti it, but my friends. Uh, two now three-year-old son sings it so cutely and gets so excited to sing it that i'm all barrel that is the problem with baby shark as annoying as that song is when you see a cherubic baby responding it. to it yeah how can you not love it that's the thing it's so dang charming so every adult singing it every whatever i'm over all that but a little chubby cheek two-year-old yeah just eyes ablaze with pure joy at baby shark there's something really um inherent in it that must make kids feel really good kids are immune or there's no kid immune to the charm of baby shark yeah dopamine that pulses through their system like you cannot not love the song as a baby all barrel it's crazy right yeah you like it too yeah i love it because of that exact reason i was with um last year in maui in october at a friend's house and their daughter just had the time of her life listening to this and despite the fact that we listened to the song 100 times on repeat it never got old pure joy pure joy baby shark full barrel all the way me too double roof drag yeah okay uh barrel or not number two painting stripes on the bottom of your board is a shark deterrent (sighs) nah i think doing anything as a shark deterrent I'm going to say no. Like okay. it's it's a real, unless you're in Florida where it's 50-50 odds, outside of Florida, let's be honest. I mean, I've been hammering this shark thing to try to get people to stop surfing. I'm doing the will of the people, the will of the crusty surfer. Uh, but you're, nobody's going to get attacked surfing. Let's just be honest. You're not, I'm not. Unless you're in Florida, then it's 50-50. But outside of that... But if you put that, how to... Is the science even in on that shark deterrent thing? Like, how no. do you run the study? No, I think they don't. I think they vaguely know, you know, how sharks maybe hunt and then in shadows it's or something. And it's a purely pure theory. My favorite one, again, I think we talked about it last 
last time even was the kid who got a uh, shark bands bracelet for for christmas and then got bit by a shark the next day like it's so i mean you cannot make your odds on making we could make a shark guaranteed not to no biting shark thing you know a hat or whatever there's so few shark attacks and not enough people would buy the thing where you could have a hundred percent success rate the fact that shark bands a kid got bit wearing shark bands i don't know how in the world they didn't fold up the next minute i love this stab was all in bed on that too it was so funny so i bet it isn't a hundred percent guaranteed not to get they're probably saying it's 99 percent effective which is pretty compelling as a sales pitch but what that looks like on paper is they have to sell a hundred of them and if one kid gets bit they're okay i mean it's just they're insane. safe legally it is, it is insane if i'm buying a shark repellent I better be 100% because chances are near 100 I wasn't going to get bit anyway. Right. But speaking of not getting bit and or getting bit, uh, did you read about the guy whose wife dreamed that he was going to get bit? No. Get a load of this. It was on Peach Crit. Fantastic story. So this guy got bit on the foot in Australia. I, maybe you saw it on Beach Crit. Like, you know, his bloody foot and cut to the bone. You know, bad one. His, but not, you know, didn't take his foot off. But like, you know, a, a good shark nip. Uh, two days before his wife had a dream that her husband was going to go surfing and get, you know, she saw him sitting on a board. It was dark and stormy, kind of dark and cloudy. He was out surfing and got his leg tugged by a shark. And then she woke up. Uh, this dude, here's the dream proceeds to go surfing on a dark stormy day, sharky weather day at a break called sharkies that was known (laughs) for shark attacks. (laughs) <laughs> and it came to fruition. And it came to fruition. Wow. Yeah, it's good. Have you ever had a premonition? Uh, yes. Have you? Yes. I would get them in Oregon a lot. It's creepy. It's a real thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's real. Do you it think is. it's real? Yeah, dude. I've only had one that was like distinctly different than just, let's say, a thought. You like felt like the electric jolt. Truly. Yeah. I was leaving the house. I was 16 years old. And I said goodbye to my parents who were sitting in the backyard. Went and said goodbye to them. Walked out the front door. And as soon as the screen door shut, and it was that cue of the screen door shutting, I got stopped in my tracks. And the feeling was, I might not ever come back here. Like, I'm leaving now, maybe for the last time ever. And I I literally stopped and just, like, processed it. And then thought, well, what do I do? Do I go in? Do I go back inside and like cower inside? How? Because you're stuck. Because maybe the light, the house could have got struck by lightning or something. Right. You don't know what. And it means. wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna die. It was just this. I'm not coming back here. Was the feeling. And then I thought, well, now I'm gonna shake this off. I don't know what this feeling is, but weird. I'm just gonna shake it off, move forward. Five minutes later, got in a really bad car crash. Oh. Really bad car crash. Like. Uh, ended up in the hospital, all this stuff, and never. It, it two months later, I mentioned that moment of premonition to my dad and my stepmom, and my stepmom was dead silent. And she goes, "When the screen door shut, I heard it from the backyard, and I had the exact same premonition." And she goes, "I even grabbed your dad's arm and said to him, like." something's up and like we shouldn't let david leave wow and then he's like what are you talking about and he kind of brushed her off but she had the exact same premonition we didn't uncover that for two months so next premonition you have will you act differently upon it 
I feel like I have to. Yeah. Like you'll say something. You'll just at least let it be known that you felt something. Yes. Hmm. But I, I would like for that to be something positive, not something, yeah. not like imminent death. Sure. Be like premonition. I'm going to win the lotto. Ooh, I wonder if you get a premonition of that. That would be a nice premonition to have and then be. have it to be. It would be. To have yeah. it come true. I know, especially since I don't play the lotto. Yeah. Just getting that one ticket. Exactly. Get a shark bands while you're yeah. at it. All right. Well, we're going uh, gnaw barrel on shark deterrence. Yeah. On okay. any of them. I'm all gnaw on shark deterrence. All right. Final barrel or gnaw. The Sharknado film franchise. I've never seen one of them, to be honest. Have you? I've never watched one. Here's the thing. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say nah out of the gate because I don't like uh, campy film ideas, or I don't like campy ideas. I have them a lot myself. Like an idea where you think it's so funny, where it's just based off like one silly joke, and then like, like a musical for a but, book that you wrote. That's true, but that one's. I feel that it really seeing Eddie Rothman sing and dance. I feel would powerfully affect people we'll leave this up to the marketplace the marketplace will decide if Vulcan paradise should be a musical but like snakes on a plane where the whole concept is in the title haha snakes on a plane right sharknado tornadoes and sharks like i'm i'm i just don't like that kind of stuff i think that it's funny and you can get 100 percent of the humor out of it from the title alone as you would from the film, watching the film. I'm glad that you said this because I've listed a few of the titles. And I'm going to ask you. I'm going to give you multiple choice, and you have to tell me which of these is fake. Okay. You get four titles. Uh, Sharknado three. Oh hell no. Sharknado two. The second one. Sharknado. Global swarming. Sharknado. Heart of sharkness. I'm going to say. Uh, oh no. Is the fake. Incorrect. Trick question. They're all real. Wow. Amazing. I mean, those are all... See, but that's... Like, that's funny. Sharknado 2. The second one. I mean, that's funny, right? It's but pretty good. It's totally good, but it's not funny enough to go see Sharknado, the second one. You think the title is the bunchline? That's, that's as good as it gets. A 100%. The title yeah. is as funny... as It's as big a laugh as you're going to have yeah. about that whole thing. Yeah. And so then you're just... It's great to waste some time. I think you just get high and watch them. That's got to be the only... But like getting... Okay, what were the dumb movies, the camp movies that you watched as a kid that you thought were so funny and campy? Like Army of Darkness for me or the whole Evil Dead franchise. You Uh, watched those as a kid? Yeah, Army of Darkness. Oh. Yeah. No, I didn't. Did you ever watch Army of Darkness? No. See, but I feel that Army of Darkness ages well. Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't seen it in a long time. But have you, you've never seen it? No. So go watch Army of Darkness, but maybe that's how kids feel about Sharknado. Maybe their 13, 15-year-old kids are watching these Sharknado movies and think it's so camp and funny. Yeah. But there was, I, had, I loved Army of Darkness, and there's a New Zealand horror film that I feel is, did feel, and maybe it's just camp also, but I don't think it is. I think it's genius, called Dead Alive that is so, so, so funny, I thought. You should watch Dead Alive. From the 80s? Uh, would have been 80s, yeah. Okay. Or late 80s, early 90s, maybe. All right, I'll put it on my list. It's a New Zealand horror film. I like it. Yeah, and but it's like campy horror. Okay. Very funny, I thought. All right, I'm in. Yeah, but, but all to say, though, maybe that's my kid version of Sharknado. Maybe kids are having, and kids will grow up and then you know tell their kids, hey, there was this really funny movie called Sharknado, or a franchise called Sharknado, which is about sharks and tornadoes and they'll watch them and it'll be all campy and funny 
Yeah, I mean, it becomes so sensational that people watch it just because it's that sensational. Like, but that's the problem is I feel they blew the blew the lid off. Like Army of Darkness, there's a real storyline, right? And with Dead Alive, there's a real storyline. Like, there's a thing happened that's not believable, but it's not just straight camp. It's not like yeah, if you yeah. say, "What if you know there was sharks and tornadoes?" You know, where okay, that's I guess funny. But it's funny. I don't need to see it for it to be funny. They made six of them. Yeah. How crazy is that? I mean, the budgets on them must be so minimal. And they very clearly have a following because they wouldn't make any of them if they weren't selling. Right, right. All right. So Sharknado franchise, we're going. I'm going nah. I'm I'm saying when the joke is that heavy handed, when it's just like something so absurdistly wacky, then I'm not in. I I need subtlety in my camp. Okay. Like Welcome to Paradise the Musical. It's exactly like that. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, another entertaining week of The Grit, Chaz. This has that, been a real pleasure. I'm going to say it's a good thing we're around or else it would be people would try to find something, some way to engage with surfing. It'd be crickets. There's I mean, nothing. There's no they'd have to go in the ocean. There's no ain't that swell. They'd have to go surfing. Imagine if that's what people, the only way to experience surfing was surfing. What a uh, sad state of affairs that would be. What a ho- I don't well, want to live in that world. I'm going to be in Hawaii next week. Should we try to do a remote Oh yeah, recording? I know how to do it. Okay. Do you know how to do it? I have methods. I, I did one that I was super impressed with. We don't have to talk about it on air. And the quality, people. sound quality was good? 100%. Oh, done. Let's do it. Yeah. Next Friday. It's really easy. Okay. It'll be, it'll be a surprise to people. That it'll, it'll sound so good. Okay. And they won't know how it was done. Because I'll know you're in Hawaii and I'm here. All right. We'll see you next Friday then. Uh, Until then, Chaz. Get barrel.